Welcome to the Conic Blueprint, where we talk about topics in the recruiting and staffing industry with the end goal to help improve people's lives. I'm Jen Fitzke with my co-host, Tom Gettle. This podcast is brought to you by Conic, a technical recruiting company focusing on architecture, engineering, and manufacturing positions in the Midwest. Find out more at conicnetwork.com. Good morning, everybody, and welcome to the Conic Blueprint podcast, episode 21. Our world has changed so much over the past two years, and more and more of our time is spent online. As a result, your LinkedIn presence is increasingly becoming more important to your overall career direction and advancement, and your personal identity is at the center of everything that you do. So the question we're asking is how do you leverage LinkedIn using your authentic, true identity to grow your career and live a fulfilling life? Today, we're very excited to welcome the LinkedIn whisperer, Anne Pryor, back to the Conic Blueprint podcast. Anne is a top globally recognized LinkedIn authority and is a master at facilitating meaningful connections. She specializes in LinkedIn, creating online strategies and coaching on thought leadership for professionals at all levels. Anne has trained more than 200,000 people and written over 25,000 LinkedIn profiles from Fortune 100s such as 3M, Microsoft, and Cargill, to small companies and individual professionals. Anne's philosophy is what happens to you happens to me. We are here to do our greatest good, and we need each other to do so. Please welcome back to the Conic Blueprint podcast, the LinkedIn Whisperer and Prayer. Hey, Jen. Hi, Tom. I'm so happy to be here with you guys today. Thanks for inviting me back. You're welcome. We're thrilled to have you back. And I was so interested in this topic because you're so passionate about personal identity building on LinkedIn. And I got a little confused. So can you help us understand the difference between what a personal identity is and the term personal branding that we hear so often? You bet, Jen. So let's just think about it by me asking you and the audience a couple of questions. Number one, I want you to think about how do you want people to think of you when they think of you. So how do you want people to think of you? The second question is, how do people already think of you when they think of you? So you can control how people think of you, right? Mm -hmm. By how you show up, how you act, your personality, your um, examples of your education and your work. So a personal brand is how you want people to think of you and how you want people to think of you when they think of you. A personal identity is how you bring that to life throughout your whole career. So if we can think of it that way. So can I just give you an example of some personal branding messaging, for instance, if everybody on the, on the call could think of the best boss they ever had. Okay. So Mm -hmm. one of my best bosses ever was a mountain mover for me. I move fast. I create innovative products. I want a boss that can actually go to bat for me and make things happen. And he's an expert in influencing up. So that's a brand that he had as my rock mover, my boulder mover, and an influencer up to support me. Okay. Okay. Then I had a colleague who was very skeptical. That colleague was extremely helpful to me because as a skeptic, He was risk averse. 
And because he was risk averse, he would coach me to make sure that I had the right analytics, the right information, the right research, the right experiments done before I moved it to management. Now, that's what a lot of our perhaps um, engineers are. They might be skeptical, but we want to turn that brand into being maybe helping their colleagues to look really good. So Jan, just react to those two examples. So do you want me to give you an example of? Give me an example of, let's say, a job that you're searching for right now or have been in the past and a brand that you're looking for that might fit that example. Well, I can tell you, I think the easiest path I have to get there would be maybe to tell you what my why is and why I do what I do. Perfect. Okay. All right. So I believe I have it written out because I look at it all the time. I believe I am here to serve others, to help them meet their needs by making connections with people and companies. Beautiful. Beautiful. So that's a perfect brand statement. Mm -hmm. So I'm asking the friends on the call, if you think about your own being, how you show up, just like Jen started, I believe, right? I believe in this and I do it by doing this. So. One approach to that, to finding a brand would be, what do people naturally come to you for? Yeah. Yeah. I, and, yeah that's and help right. and whether it's a candidate or a hiring manager, they, they need help. And uh, maybe what Jen is, is, is stating there is she really thrives on helping people with X, Y, or Z, whatever that is in their, their career, even their personal life, all of that. She, she really enjoys that. Great. So let me give you an example. The other day I was in my hometown, Redwood Falls, Minnesota. A friend of mine asked me if, if I would help them place a technical project manager for the manufacturing company in town. And I've been away from town for many years and I happened to be in Walmart and I went to Walmart and I was in need of two plastic tubs, right? So I went to the plastic tubs aisle and all of the tubs were stuck together because it's so humid. And so I end up with three tubs that I could not get unstuck. So I played walk around the store and ask for help, which I did. And I bumped into this young man and I said, gosh, you know, these tubs are stuck. I was just wondering if you could help me. And so he said, sure, I'd be happy to. He was very friendly and he tried twice and he said, I'm sorry, I can't help you. Well, around the corner comes this woman and she's a, a younger gal and she said, I heard you say you were struggling with some tubs. She's not an employee. She said, let me see if I can help. And I said, gosh, you've got such beautiful long nails. I don't want you to break your nails. And she said, no, I, I know I can help. So she bangs on the tubs a little bit and she tried a few things. She said, you know what? These are just really stuck. But you know, I noticed there was some tubs over here that may be a perfect fit for you. I said to her, hey, what do you do for a living? Might you be interested in kind of project management? You're such a great on the spot troubleshooter. She said, yeah, people have said that before to me. So that's a brand, right? And that's how she brought it to life, even in Walmart to help me. Mm -hmm. So I've worked with many engineers, as you guys have, and architects, and some are just that nature. They love to work with people, and you know that they're going to help you when you need to. So we bring that to life, let's say, on LinkedIn. So for instance, I was working with an engineer who is a technical engineer but he loves to work with other engineers in a sales role. So in his LinkedIn profile, he was looking for a job. And in the headline, we put 
technical sales engineer that every engineer loves to work with. Mm. You know who picked him up? 3M. We put that right in his professional headline. So it's uncovering those beliefs that you have, like Jen's why. Okay, now I'm going to invite Tom to go to my LinkedIn profile. And hey, friends, online, you can all bring out your phones if you want and go to Ann Pryor's LinkedIn profile because I have some slides there that I want to show you now the difference between a personal brand and a personal identity. So you can see these slides. Perfect, Tom. Good job. (laughs) All this behind the scenes and doing a swell job. So friends, if you think about your life, here's four quadrants of your personal identity. And what I'm realizing since COVID, and you're hearing many authors start writing about personal identity. It's not just a one-off job. You're going to have a network of friends your whole life that are going to be on the lookout for you. And you start with this identity, right? Who you are, where you live, your hobbies, your interests, your education, your volunteerism. And by the way, you guys, do you know that Tom is running in the marathon in Duluth again, grandma's for the 28th time. So that's part of his personal identity. He's tenacious. He's fit. He loves fitness. He loves a challenge. I mean, who does that? Wow. Okay. So that goes on your LinkedIn profile. And then there's your professional identity. It's where you work, your past jobs, your important skills, your experiences that you've had, where you've traveled, right? the languages that you speak, the key accomplishments that you have. So all of those pop on your LinkedIn profile as well, and they can continue to be changing as you gain courses. And if you're not taking courses from LinkedIn Learning, that's 29 bucks a month with the Sales Navigator tool. But friends, you can get LinkedIn Learning courses for free by getting a library card. It's all digital now. And by going to the tools on the library card, and you can take courses and no charge. Or your personal identity may also be perhaps doing internships or shadowing events. So I have a few young engineers that I am inviting them to shadow other engineers so they can see how this particular environment works for them, what projects that they're working on, et cetera. The third component is a big darn deal on LinkedIn these days, and it's your thought leadership. And only about 10% of people are even using this thought leadership. So this is how you bring your branding to life. And this is all about your areas of expertise and authority. What do you want to share with people that add value? So Tom and Jen and Connick, they are living this dream right now, right? They are sharing to help you guys achieve your goals, your ambitions, by using your personality, by creating the right fit to jobs to help you thrive. I mean, that's their thought leadership and they're bringing in other thought leaders to help with that. So Tom and Jan, do you have any comments right now on these three quadrants? Yeah, maybe an observation and, and a question in here too. When it, and it all makes sense to me, when I start to think about personal identity and thought leadership, it's a little, anxiety inducing to, to be honest, because it's, it's, you are putting yourself out there, you're being vulnerable, you're, especially when it comes to giving an opinion or what you think about something, um, you are being vulnerable and you may not get any comments or any likes, uh, or you may get 
negative comments. So I think that there is a hesitancy to, to elevate that and, and be vulnerable on, on LinkedIn and, and maybe social media in general. Right. Tom, that's such a good point. And may I just point out that I find most of my Gen X's saying that. My boomers, my millennials, and my Zs do not even say that. So that's just by the way. Mm -hmm. And so my point of view is, if you don't show up, you're not going to be found. And what I love about LinkedIn is, since our millennials have come into this tool, which now 67% of the uh, audience on LinkedIn are millennials, the personal and the professional identity have now come together. So that's why I like to talk about this identity model as opposed to just a branding model, because what you're seeing is you're showing up in your life. So Tom, I'm going to tell you, I'll bet you get 5,000 views and 200 hits if you take a picture of you at Grandma's Marathon this weekend and you post it <laughs> on LinkedIn and we're all going to woohoo you before you go. <laughs> and then we're going to congratulate you when you were done. So my challenge to you is to do that. Take a picture, give us a wave, tell us how it feels, tell us how it connects to what you do, and then put it out there. I guarantee it. And everybody on this call is going to give you a woohoo and a thumbs up. So we've now connected his personal and professional identities together. The other thing Tom really shouted out is let's be positive when we have a comment because you can't win a cat fight online, guys. Just take it offline. If you've got a negative comment, you might just say, hey, thanks for this insight. Love to connect offline with a couple of points of view. Okay. So LinkedIn is bonusing people now for doing 10 comments a day with five or more words in a comment. And when you ask a smart question or when you leave value behind, you're going to be seen as a value creator. And so that's what I'd like your mindset to be or to be thinking about. Now, the thought leadership is some of us have had more experience than others. And the old adage was 10,000 hours or 10 years of experience. Well, that has catapulted really to about two years of experience, right? And so your life experience is your own. In the thought leadership category, friends, there's new tools on LinkedIn. And I use the new newsletter tool to showcase my legacy. So I'm now going to move to legacy. And this is what a lot of us boomers or even early out of work folks out of the workforce are thinking about. And the legacy is what do you want to be remembered for that's bigger than yourself? And if you would actually take that concept and pop it into that why in the middle, like Jen said, you could also think about your life as just this long milestone. So if you have the end in mind, so some of you architects may want to be remembered for creating buildings and structures that are really environmentally sound. So that means you're going to get your LEED certification. And that means you're going to talk about LEED when you talk about your thought leadership. Mm -hmm. So you see how we're pulling that through to the end. Jen, any comments, questions, thoughts about this? I'm just thinking about as we we have so many busy professionals that are with us today and that we work with. How do they balance everything that they're they're doing with family and work with? Oh, I need to go 
build my personal identity on LinkedIn? How do they balance the time? Do you have suggestions for, is it two minutes a day? Is it, is it that simple? Is it, does it take longer? What, what are your thoughts there? Great question, Jen. I'm going to tell you what I did starting 15 years ago when I was a busy executive at Carlson, when I knew I had to start managing my brand online because my job was going to be eliminated. Okay. So that was my impetus. So the first thing I did was set up Google alerts. I went to Google and I set up five alerts based on what I was most interested in. So if I was looking for an architect job, I would set up Google alerts for architect jobs. If I was interested in lead, I would set up Google alerts for lead. If I was interested in engineering for robotics, I'd set up engineering robotics. If I was interested in innovation in architecture for EV, electronic vehicles, I would set up those. So every morning at six o'clock AM, I get a download from Google Alerts on anything that I wanted to read and I put it in different file folders. In addition, Sunday afternoons at 3.30, I decided I'm going to start changing my oil every Sunday afternoon at 3.30. I get ready for the week. I tune up my LinkedIn, 10 minutes is all. And then I began Googling top 50 influencers in engineering lead or in architecture design for solar. And I would notice that those folks are writing books and they were on LinkedIn. So within those 10 minutes, I found those people. I noticed the books. I downloaded a couple of them on my Kindle that I read. I left reviews behind with five-star ratings. So then the author saw me. Then I connected with them on LinkedIn. That is how I built my network to be an expert in the space that I'm in right now. Okay. So for these guys that are not looking for a job, I'm going to say 10 minutes a week on LinkedIn. They need to like, comment, share. They need to show up. The folks that are looking for a job, I'm going to say 30 minutes a day, and I want three different times a day, coffee time, lunch time, and dinner time. So those three times a day. So 7 to 9 a.m., noon or 5 to 6 p.m. That's when people are on LinkedIn. Hey, just by the way, I can quickly tell when my friends are now looking for a job. Finally, they like my stuff, right? So mm -hmm. for three years when they're in the job, they never like, they never comment, they never pick their head up, they don't connect with people. Now they're out of work and they like, they comment and they share. That's a good thing I can see, but I wish they would have been poking at me and waving at me throughout the whole time. So I would have kept them top of mind. Perhaps then if it's similar to being in, in real life, it's always uh, a good career practice to, to network and keep in touch with your former coworkers, your former managers, and uh, get to know your particular niche that you're in, that the people in it and the who's who and uh, to learn from them, it would um, be wise for people to be doing that no matter where they are in their job search. They may be really, really happy, very comfortable in their current role, but it's always advisable for people to, to stay connected with, with their personal community in, in what, they, what they do. And maybe you're suggesting similar on LinkedIn, you know, just if, if you like or comment something, that doesn't mean that you're looking for a, a job aggressively. It just means that you're learning from your community and, and adding value into the community, regardless of, of where you are in your career. That's so right. And, and to Tom's point, friends, whether you show up in person, show up at the groups that you're most interested in. 
Maybe it's Project Management Society of America, the Twin Cities chapter, or whatever chapter that you're in. And then you network live with those friends. Or on this call today, friends, perhaps in the chat, you might want to be commenting. So you can perhaps see the friends that showed up, meaning on the events section in the LinkedIn profile, when you said that you were going to attend today, as soon as you said yes, do you know that the other 100 people were hot links? So if you click on that, you can see all the friends that are attending this session today. So I attend sessions just like this one on LinkedIn, and then I have my phone on the side, and then I can see who's on the call, and I connect with them when I'm on the call because we have something in common and we're in an immediate situation where it's very timely. Mm. Oh. I just shared yes, events, and I, I hang out in many events on LinkedIn. I sign up. I can't attend live many of them, but right after the event, the event link comes to me with all the friends that have attended the link. So that's now in the Zoom world, but the real world is what I love, which was what Tom was saying. The other strategy that I use is I attend social events where friends might be. Mm -hmm. And that could be soccer games or running events. It could be tennis matches. It could be baseball games, et cetera. And then also remember family and friends are helpful too. If you don't ask, you won't get. So this is the personal identity quadrant. The branding is in the middle. I'd like to think about you to think about what people come to you for and how you want people to really think of you. My friend Kathleen Crandall's a branding expert and she said, what three things do you wanna be known for? And so that's an outward facing approach, which is great. So think about those pillars that you wanna be known for. Any more comments on this, Jen, that you see? It's helped me just selfishly, it's helped me identify more of my personal identity versus my why, like you were saying. And I, I, I'm a teacher. I've always been a teacher. I always will be a teacher. It's what I do. Yes, I recruit and I place people, but I can't help myself. I'm constantly coaching people on resumes and interviewing and all of that. So that, I think that's, I figured it out. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. Wow. That was fast. Yeah. And that was great. And how did you mm -hmm. get there? I, you know, it, it's, I was thinking about what are the things that I, I constantly do. It's the, what, what I can't help myself doing. And I can't help myself from helping people be better, you know, helping them interview better, speak better, write a better resume. Just I'm constantly coaching people. Great. So Jen went from helping people when she talked about her beliefs and her brand to now helping people be better in their careers and life, right? Mm -hmm. So we've gotten to a, a new kind of brand. I'm gonna ask Tom to move to the next slide. And I wanna share with you, in my legacy, I am connecting people with their soul so they can do their highest and greatest good here on earth. And I'm a master connector. I facilitate connections of people one-on-one -on -one through LinkedIn and through spirit, okay? So in a dream, I was downloaded this five-step activation process. So I wanna give this five A's to you and I want you to think about it, the friends online here. 
you have to ask for what you want from your connections. And when you ask, you have to be clear about what it is that you want. And so many times, number one, we forget to ask. And number two, we're not clear because we don't know what we want. That's why it's really important for you to talk to recruiters to see what's new in the industry, what's what titles are out there within companies. You need to do your research. You need to see what kinds of skills are available, but you have to be willing to ask. And when you ask, you need to allow the messages to come through in maybe whatever form they come through. So Jen just gave a really good example when I was talking about personal identity and she allowed herself to interpret things a little bit differently and she heard things a little bit differently. So when you ask, you may get messages in license plates, you guys. You may get messages in numbers on the side of the road. You may get messages in a cloud in the sky. Okay, then you need to accept the messages as they are. Gee, I heard three times that I should contact Tom. Gosh, three times that same thing showed up in my path. Gosh, I heard that word before. And then yeah. thankful. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. It's really being, being inspired. If, it's, if you're out for a walk or you get the thought comes up, go, I should do this. It's, it's that motivation of, okay, it's asking you to act. Uh, and and move move forward, and it always it always works out if you get those intuitions or what you want to call it in to to act on something and put that into practice. It's, it's powerful. Perfect. And then you appreciate, you thank whatever happened, you be grateful, and living in that area of gratitude will allow more good things to come to you. Okay, you've seen that in people you've bumped into. Our grumpy old troll friends—they're always complaining, but our friends that are happy. We're going to get more all the time. And then to Tom's point, you need to act on the insights or the messages received. And that could be intuition. So in job search, this is really important. In life, it's really important. And I'm going to give you an example at the end of this call about how I use this every day. Okay. So anybody want to comment about the five A's? I actually take a picture of these. I put them in a post-it note on my wall and I think about these daily. I, I just have a comment because I I have been someone in the past who I'll do the first four steps and then I get to the action and I freeze. That's the biggest step here is just to, to execute. Okay. You take one tiny step to execute, just one little step at a time. Mm -hmm. Now, Jen, that surprises me a little bit because you just bought a house and it has nothing in it including no floor and no kitchen and no landscaping. And so she did all of these things, you guys. She asked, I want, a, I want a house with nothing in it that I have to completely remodel. She got it. She allowed the messages. She's accepting. She's appreciating. And now she's acting. And one by one, you are getting what you need. So how do you go about it, Jen? Well, that's true. You know, it's funny because I know I can do all those things. I can. I either can do it or I can call somebody to do it. Like I asked you for help. You had a handyman and you mentioned that. So I guess, yeah, I think it's the things that we don't have self, for me, it's the things that I don't have self-confidence. Oh, I'd be very vulnerable all of a sudden. The things that I don't have self-confidence in, those are the things that I, you know, I could ask, I could allow, I can accept, I can appreciate. And then I say, oh, it's not going to go the way I want it to go. Or 
whatever. And so I just, I'll just, I'll just leave it over here for now, or maybe I'll get to it another day. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Yeah. So what Jen just brought up, you guys, is the ego that's getting in the way. And she's already going to a future state instead of saying in presence, you see? Yeah. And we all have that ego in essence. It's our egos talking. You can't do it. You're not smart enough. You're not pretty enough. You're not this enough. You can't do that. That's called an ego that's talking. So could everybody take their hands right now and just put them next to your ears? Uh, Tom, everybody, put them next to your ears. And what I'd like you to tell me is which side of your head that ego is on. My ego is on this side. And you're not good enough. You're not good enough. <laughs> Tell me what side it's on. Right? And that's the side you have to stop because we need to listen more to the essence side, which is you're beautiful. You can do this. Just go out and ask this person for help. So we need to listen more to that side. So it's ego that's getting in the way if we can't act, but confidence is a really big deal. My friend, Barbara Churchill is a really good coach on confidence, Barbara Chur- Churchill. And really for me, confidence is not having the right tools, skills, resources to do the job. And so if some of those things are getting in your way, we can just get some of those skills, resources, tools, and just go back to asking, allowing, accepting, and appreciating. This is just a big old circle. Yeah. And I think relating it back to building the personal identity and job searching, people do, it's that vulnerability of the very first A is is asking for help. And asking for the connections and then asking your connections for the help. That's right. So I'm going to challenge everybody on this call to make an ask today. And when you ask, listen and accept and thank them and ask them how you can help them. And then act on one thing that you realized was important. Any other questions? I'm going to move on. I'm good. Okay, great. Okay, you guys, I want you to pull out a piece of paper and a pencil. And here's what Jen started with, your core belief. What do you believe? Okay, I believe we're all connected. We're here to do good. We need each other to do so. And what happens to you happens to me. So I darn well better be nice to you then, right? If that's what I believe. If you're here to educate, if you're here to create innovation in the world, if you're here to make things better by fixing things, those are all beliefs. Anybody want to comment on this? Questions in the chat. How are you guys coming along? Good? Yeah, just a, a comment from Maria. Uh, we often allow ego to get in the way of action. Uh, right on point. She's right on point. That's so true. And here's the deal, Maria. Some people don't even know the ego is talking, right? Because they think that's them and it's not. It's ego talking. So that's why we have to tune that out. So thank you for sharing that. Tom, any comments on the core belief? You guys at Conic have fabulous core beliefs. You're here to help people thrive. You do it by building community. You find the right fit for people. You help them achieve their own goals and their ambitions to make sure the right personality is the right fit for the organization. That's brilliant. That's a core belief of an organization. And these, Jan and Tom, bring this to life every time and every touch point. Yeah, really for me, and it's something to you think, think more about it, but really just kind of what came up is that I believe that human potential is limitless and I'm here to help people find their way. Wow. Wow. And look at 28 marathons, human potential is limitless and find their way. He's guiding them. It's very interesting. The metaphor of the runner, huh? Hmm. 
So any other comments on this or we'll go to the next one here? Okay, friends, there's gonna be a lot of words uh, on this slide. And I want you to take a look at this later, but I have created a belief paradigm model. And what I realized in coaching people for the last 15 years, people are stuck in old limiting beliefs, okay? And so I start by this model and it starts with what is your three word brand statement? I'm a master connector and I'm an on the spot troubleshooter. I'm like a Swiss army knife. People come to me to solve any kind of a problem, right? I'm an advocate for the underserved. I'm an innovator in all things solar. So a brand statement. And then the question is, it's just in me to want to be. And this is Jen, the most helpful. She already said it. I do it by educating and teaching and adding value. I do this for individuals in job search, the underserved, people who are stuck. I'm making this up for Jen based on what she's already told us. The results must be, Jen, I'm turning this back to you. When you talk to somebody, how do you want the results to be? Well, it's all for, it's a positive, professional, and... I, I'm th I want to say the word advantageous because ultimately what I do, I want it to serve them to get something else and normally a job. Nice. Okay. Mine must be immediate, practical, and actionable because I'm a high J and a Myers-Briggs and I want it done now. So that's the way I am. And that's how I work with clients. Here's a big deal. When I've completed this project, I feel... Jan, Tom, how do you feel? Tom, how do you feel when you complete the marathon? Thirsty. For, for, for <laughs> <laughs> no, no, it's definitely a huge sense of accomplishment. And really for me, it's, it's experiencing that with, with 5,000, 6,000 other people and just feeling their energy and, and giving their energy and all the volunteers, I feel incredibly grateful to, to have experienced that with them. And it's an overpowering experience. And the feelings are, just really, just really comes down to love. You just feel love at the end of it. Love for other people in the volunteers. <laughs> and we choked up talking about it. Thank you, man. Thank you for sharing that. That is so important, friends, because most people don't stop to feel. And Tom is very self-aware. And so he stops to feel all of those emotions that go through him after a big accomplishment. And that might be working together in a team. And then here's the deal. How do you celebrate those accomplishments then, Tom, when you're done? Yeah, I mean, for me, I just take a few minutes and just enjoy it. I just enjoy the feeling and kind of the, the, the it's a great reward to hear other people coming in, help other people at the finish line, um, thank some volunteers, take a couple of pictures. Um, for me, like the reward is just living in the moment for a bit because it's, it's really special. Wow. Okay. Thank you for that. I'm going to share with you when I ask these questions in number five to my clients, they don't feel and they don't celebrate. They just move on to the next thing. And so even as you're in job search or you're in a job that you love, I want you to think about you just had a conversation with somebody that was helpful. How do you feel? How are you going to celebrate when you just had an interview? How are you going to celebrate that project that you just kicked off? Friends, when you think about these five questions, sometimes you quickly realize 
I don't want that job in a big hierarchy because I don't want to do it for executives. I want to do it for the underserved. So these questions can help you assess your beliefs and the current beliefs that may need to shift. Does anyone have a comment on this? Any, any comments in the chat? Uh, Andrea, our uh, senior technical recruiter, um, uh, female actually said, I love that. Listen to your essence, not your ego. Fabulous. If you learn nothing else today, you guys, that's going to change your life. That you even have an ego and you have an essence. It's going to change everything. And I bet, Tom, you get there, the essence by running. Are you just in the zone? Is it like just a meditation for you? Exactly. Yeah. Very, very meditative and things, ideas, thoughts, inspiration just, just bubble up. And afterwards, I, I jot down what came up during the, the exercise, the run. And if they recur, I, I certainly act on them. Not all of them, but many of the, just the in, in, inspiring ideas come up when I'm, when I'm running. Very cool. Thank you for that. And Jen, when you're doing your project management, you guys, Jen took out a, well, this, somebody took out a floor and that's subfloor. She ended up going and getting plywood all by herself and putting plywood down in her kitchen floor. So Jen, when you're doing that, are you just in the zone too? No, I'm cussing about how heavy the wood is. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'll tell you what, not that project, Anne, but the project where I refinished my floors, the other the other floors in, in the rest of the house, that one was more special. That one, I've, you know, you put you put your protection on and you get the sander going and you have to figure out something to do or to think about. So yeah, that one I was more internally contemplative while I was doing it. Right. So friends, we're talking about real life, right? Outside of our personal, then we're talking about professional. So this applies to your life. So think about what's just in you to want to do what, and you do it by, and who do you do it for? And how do you want the results to be? And when you're done, how do you feel? And how do you celebrate? And when you can communicate this, you're self-aware. And so you'll show up more positively and available to communicate much better about who you are and what you can contribute. And as we move to the next slide, I'm just gonna give you an example here of how simple this process really is. Somebody asked Lucille Ball, why are you here? And she said, my soul's purpose is to heal through humor and I do it by being a comic, right? So your soul's purpose may be to design workplaces where people can thrive or to design new technologies where people can easily and effortlessly use different tools. So think about your life and what you're here to do. And then how do you do it? Any yeah, thoughts great. on this, you guys? Yeah, I think I really like what Jen said a few minutes ago. Like, I just, I just can't help myself. I think I think many people in the engineering or architecture feel like they just can't help myself. I want to fix something. I see something that's broken. I, I just can't help myself. I go over and, and find a better way for this machine or what the car product to work. could be just using a household appliance. Like, I'm, I can't help myself, but I'm, there's got to be a better way that this microwave can cook for exactly the right amount of time. Like, why do I have to put in one minute? Why can't it just cook and tell the food at a certain temperature? They just can't help themselves. They think about how technology can improve the human experience. Beautiful. Boy, that's a great brand, right? 
I uh, design technology to help the human experience. That would really help Jen and Tom. If you guys could say that, right, then they know what kind of an organization to slot you in. So beautiful as we move forward here. So thanks for hanging in here with us, friends, on the call. I hope this is helpful for you today. Here's some practical stuff I'd like you to do. Take out a piece of paper and a pencil. I want you to write down your top 10 skills that you love to do, okay? Top 10 skills you love to do. This is really critical because if you noticed on the LinkedIn profile, just in the last week, they have the skills down at the bottom of the profile where they always had, and you can still get endorsements, but now they also have it in the experience area. So in your most recent job, if you open up the pencil and scroll down, you're going to be able to add your top 10 skills there, actually 50. So that's an action item I want you to do is really focus on those top skills. And I want you to add them to your LinkedIn profile in each of the jobs that you have. The reason is we recruiters can see behind the scenes and your profiles get pushed to us when you have skills that we are looking for. So the way you find the skills is on job descriptions, right? And on company pages and on other people's profiles that have the job that you want. Do you guys want to say anything about the skills? They matter. I mean, I have, I have candidates when they're first starting their, their job search, you know, maybe they haven't written a resume in 10, 15 years and they want to know where to start. I do take them through the job description. I'll give it to them and I'll say, take some time with this and please read it and then call out your experience as it relates to the job description. And that's where you start on your resume. It's important. Those skills are important. Yes, they are. Words. Great. So more than you know, and here's the deal. If you need new skills, go get new skills. And if you're not employed, you can sign up for dislocated workers and they have funding for training. And I already shared with you, you can get skills from LinkedIn learning. You can get skills from watching other people. I'm just going to, you know, my goddaughters and my nieces and nephews, I said, how did you learn to crochet? TikTok, YouTube. How did you learn to make that beautiful chocolate cake? YouTube. I mean, so I'm just telling you, the other day I learned how to make lasagna for the first time. I'm 62 and I made lasagna and I learned it on YouTube. So the skills are needed. Next slide is where I'm going to talk about the subject matter expertise. Now, this is going to relate back to the thought leadership in the quadrant. I'd like you to think about when you were young or first out of school or maybe your first job, maybe out of college. I want you to think about your five subject matter expertise areas. So right out of college, I was in advertising and marketing. That was a subject matter expertise. And then I got a job in sales at Valley Fair and sales was a subject matter expertise. And then they asked me if I would please design a new computer system for reservations. Huh. So. That was customer experience, and that was technology. So that was a subject matter expertise. So I'd like you to write down your subject matter expertises throughout sort of your career. Then I moved over because I was asked to create technology for a wellness program. So then wellness was a subject matter expertise. And then I lost my job. And then a friend of mine asked me to become a career coach. So now career coaching and online branding and LinkedIn was an expertise. And guess what? I'm in legacy. 
and I want to help bring souls to work. So now that is the subject matter expertise, my spiritual side in helping people connect their spirituality with their work so they can really do what they're meant to do here on earth. So you see how you change. Who would like to react to this? And uh, if, if anyone listening, feel free to jump in with that comment on this or question. But yeah, I think it, this is um, fascinating. You, I think most people would say, well, I'm not a subject matter expert, period. But, but I believe people, people are, like you had mentioned earlier, a couple of years of experience in a particular area, um, even a passion, a hobby that you spent enough time in could be flying drones and drone racing. Like, oh, I'm not you don't think about yourself as an expert in drone racing, but there's a huge community around that. And, and whether it relates to your particular job or not, I think people are really interested in that. I want to learn more, uh, learn more about that person and, and drone racing, for example. Yeah, it's, it's really, really interesting. I think a different podcast would be the, the difference between work and life and how those two words are coming together. I think one of the blessings of the last couple of years is work and life are being intermixed and, I'm starting to think instead of work-life balance, I'm simply thinking life. It's all coming together. And I think to your point, one of your points, Dan, is bring your whole self to life. And, you know, bring your whole self to work, but bring your whole self to, to life, which right now we're all, we are all on, on Zoom and, and this, is, this is life right now, even though we are, we're working. That's beautiful. It's so true. So as you think then about these subject matter expertise areas, you guys, this is going to help lead you to what kind of job you want. So Tom gave a really good example. I love hot air balloons. Some people like drones. Well, someday I want to market or do experiential tours, adventure tours with hot air balloons, right? So my point is, you have subject matter expertise that you've outgrown and you want to learn additional subject matter expertise and people who aspire that are motivated and passionate. We want to hire you. Don't we, Jen and Tom? Yes, Because we're moving to that area and we know we can teach you if you don't know it. So what do you aspire to do in subject matter expertise areas? And what do you already know about? And when you pull those out, like Jen said, and then you put your key accomplishments underneath, that's what a resume is really all about. And that's what can guide you to what's next. Anybody else want to comment about this? Uh, with a question and comment from Alyssa, uh, I like the idea of connecting your clients to their soul's work. How do you match that with market realities in your personal branding? Well, that is a deep and heavy question. And all of the tools, you guys, that you're seeing today, I use these tools to listen to my clients, to understand their soul's work. But they have to understand, first of all, what they want to contribute to the world, who they are, their branding, just like Jen did. So if we take Jen, for example, at the beginning, she said she wanted to help people. That's great. That's beautiful. And that's too broad. And then she went to, I realized it's just in me to want to teach and educate and lift people up and help them be better and especially around career. So Jen, that's now her brand and she's doing it in the perfect place. Kind of cares about souls at work, 
kind of cares about getting the right fit for the right jobs, kind of cares about your authenticity and making sure you're happy at work. And they try to fit you with the right people. So Alyssa, all of those components need to come together. And then you start going out and asking, allowing, accepting, appreciating, and acting to people because people are going to connect you with people. So I'd like to talk to you afterwards. I just love your, your question and your ability to connect here. You know, the hardest thing about this, you guys, is corporate hierarchy, corporate bosses that don't have this same mindset. You're just fighting against them, right? And that's why I left corporate America, because some of you are already in this space and it's hard to connect these dots because you're not just here to make a widget anymore. You're here to do your soul's work, meaning joyfully bring joy. So you're joyful. Your family's joyful. The products are joyful. There's energy in everything. So as we move to the next slide, this is an example of what I call my belief model. And this is how I do it. I'm a very visual person. I'm an artist. I'm a soul painter, a spirit painter, actually. So in the middle, I love flowers. In the middle is your brand quickly connecting the dots to support other people in job search, for instance. And then each petal are five days of the week. And what do you want to be doing those five days of the week? And this is where you can put the answers to the questions that I rolled Jen through a few minutes ago, the paradise belief model. And then as you see on the left, there are your skills. And on the right, there's your subject matter expertise. And you guys, when I see in a visual format, I can quickly connect the dots and I can circle and pull out words. And like Tom said, he's a real intuitive. So I just go and I circle words and I actually create a statement out of these words. Now, some of you are sensors and thinkers. This is a little foreign to you because I'm really talking to feelers and intuitives when I say go circle some words and pull them out. But what I'm trying to do is help you enhance and unblock any creativity by showing you different models and methodologies. How's everybody doing? Can you just take a breath for me? Does anybody want to comment? I'm a list maker. I've got, I've got all my lists going that you're, every time you said, write this down, I'm okay, I wrote it down and I started making my lists. <clears throat> and then I'll go back and I'll cross things out or I'll add to them and... Yeah, I would say that you know, many, many uh, technical people, they're, they're perhaps one of their top three skills would be analytical, creative, and mixed in here, they, they, many of them may be more introverted. What, what would you say to the introvert who might be listening? Like, that's a great, like really, really good information, but my gosh, it's just, it's hard for me to be that outgoing introverts we need your gifts really badly i love talking to introverts at a party i want you one-on-one -on -one. you are so thoughtful you are so insightful and you need that one-on-one -on -one time so that's why i think introverts perhaps it's a little bit easier to network on zoom where you can see people um you have your lists and i just want you to know that you're really needed I go to my introverts because they're so reflective on if I have a new project or a new design that I want to share. You're so thoughtful. So there are many nuances to introverts. 
that we need as a balance for our outward facing people that like to talk over you or talk a little bit too much. The introverts need to be seen and heard. So introverts, um, I'm just going to invite you to write things down like you're like Jen is suggesting. And when you write things down, perhaps it's easier for you than to talk and communicate because you have the list and you can go through the list. So not sure if that answers the question, but I'm just saying we need your gifts badly. And so if you can just a little bit shift your mindset, think of that we do need your gifts. You do need to show up. You have insight to share that we'll never get to because you're already a more inner knowing than a lot of us that are living in the outer world are. As we move to the next slide, Tom, I just want to talk about my hot air balloon approach and relate it back to LinkedIn. So you guys, I told you I loved hot air ballooning and I have nine tips here. And the first one is get up. Okay, I want you to start early in the morning or whenever's best for you. I want you to get up and set times that you want to do these things. So every morning, mine is seven o'clock to 7.15 a.m. I'm on LinkedIn. I like, I comment, I share. I wish people happy birthdays. I think about what I want to post. I make sure that I know what my intention is for the day. Who do I want to connect with? What companies do I want to follow or research? How many jobs do I want to apply for? So get up, schedule those times into your day. Show up. You got to be in the game or you're not going to be found. Okay? Make sure you like, you comment, you share. If nothing else, you just like. So they will at least see you. If you make a comment, five words or more, and you can say, thank you, this was so insightful today. So those kinds of things to be positive, make people feel warm. The next one is look up, see what's going on. Start those Google alerts, right? Pick your head up, look at the sky, go for a walk. There's a model called the three brain model in order to be awakened, you guys. It's intellect, use your brain, it's emotion, use your heart, and it's physical, move, okay? And I can already see Tom uses those components. Jen uses those components. So look up, start moving around, stand up, create your thought leadership, claim a category that you might be interested in. Think about being helpful and adding value. So Jen is be helpful, add value, right? When she uses her thought leadership, she's always giving additional advice. I'm claiming a new category of bringing soul to work. And that's what we're talking about today. So it may seem a little uncomfortable, the language that we're using. So think about your thought leadership. It might be around solar panels on buildings. My nephew is 25 years old. He's selling solar panels on buildings like crazy. That is his new thought leadership. He bought a solar, he bought a farm. He's now going to create solar panels on farms. So I'm just sharing with you, you're never too young. Grow up, continue to learn. Suck up, right? Sometimes you got to bend over for people, but know how they like to be communicated with. Sometimes you need to shut up, right? To be self-aware, to stop talking to not arguing, to don't say that. Lift up is so important. And this is what Tom and Jen do. They're here to give and to share, to make sure that you guys are better. You feel better. You look better. You are better when you do show up. 
and then buckle up. Stay positive and enjoy the ride because if you're in the game and you're interested and you go out and do these five A's, you're going to find amazing things that are going to come your way and you're going to create. It's an amazing list. Right. Any more ups that you guys can add? While you're thinking, a couple of these things, bring them to LinkedIn. There's a new project area on LinkedIn. So the you engineers and architects and project managers, the new kinds of things you do, add that project area to LinkedIn. You can also put your collaborators, your teammates on there. And from a recruiter's point of view, we look up at you like you're a lifter upper, right? That you collaborate and you will then be a jumper inner. You will be a problem solver that can collaborate with others. We're looking for that a lot these days. So this information can show up on your LinkedIn profile. As we move to the final slide, I just want to start wrapping up and sharing with you what happened to me. As I move from thought leadership, which I am right now, both in LinkedIn and in creating legacy and bringing soul to work. I decided to repurpose my LinkedIn profile just a little bit. I have been given a gift of spirit painting. So I listen to spirit and I actually drip ink on plastic and I blow with the straw and beautiful art comes out of me. And with this art, I put it on my LinkedIn profile and the Hallmark Channel found me. And I was flown to Beverly Hills, Universal City. I even got my own trailer and... I was on the Hallmark Channel. Now, I decided I wanted to do more with this messaging. So I edited my LinkedIn profile a little bit. I put up some videos. I put up some of my art. I gave away some e-cards. And then I went out and reached out to the producers of the SHIP Network, which is a higher consciousness organization. Lo and behold, they called me three weeks later, and we've been on their SHIP Network now twice. My business partner and friend, Risa Kasmierski, has written a book on this amazing experience and journey that we're going through called When Paradise Speaks. My artwork is on the front of her best-selling book now. Friends, I'm telling you, anything is possible in this lifetime. Start looking up, showing up, lifting up, and buckling up. Put what you desire on your LinkedIn profile and use the five A's. I want to see you online. I'd like everybody to connect with me and see how I can help support your success. I want you to connect with Jen and Tom as well and reach out to us. Thank you so much, Tom and Jen. Anything else? Oh my gosh, thank you. This was, you're always a wealth of information and I always leave talking to you with so many things, so my to-dos. So I'm going to pick two that I will do today and tomorrow and act on those because I have more than two. But I'm going to pick two and I'm going to do those. What are your two, Jen? Um, well, it, it came down to the two that I'm looking at right now are the top 10 skills that I love to do. And then my five subject matter areas for me. But then, so those are my, okay, I'm, I'm adding. <laughs> so those I have to think about and then I'll write down. Those are for me. And then my other action items. I've never, that's not true. I've done Google alerts before for work, but not for this kind of development. So I'm going to to do that more in, in the space that I'm in, in the recruiting space and the thought leaders there. And I wrote down some areas that I want to have my alerts on for. Thank you, Jen. Very practical tips. That's great. Tom, anything yeah. coming to mind? Yeah, that's beautiful. That was amazing. 
content, great information. And yeah, for me, for me, it comes down to time blocking and, and, and making the time. Um, I have the time. It's just uh, to, to, um, to, to make it and block time off or, and for me, it's Saturday mornings is, is a real good quiet time to, to do some focused work. So I'll, uh, block some time off my calendar to, to add more, add more information. Very good. Friends, I'm just going to tell you, I'm honored to be here today. You are way ahead of the curve with this kind of work. I can see why people are attracted to Conic because you understand this soul and work together already, and you've been doing it for many years. So blessings to all of you that are on this call today. We'd love to see how we can lift you up. We need your gifts badly, so show up. <laughs> That's great. And, and last question, how do, they, how do people get in touch with you? Through LinkedIn is the best way, or how, how do they connect with you? Perfect. Yes. That Ann Pryor, M-A, on LinkedIn. And just connect with me. Prefer you write a personal message so I can see where you came in from. And then go to the LinkedIn, my LinkedIn profile in the featured section so you can see these slides today. And then, Tom, I know you're going to repurpose and send this out as well. Absolutely. Thank you so much. Thanks, everybody. Tom, we want to see pictures of your success. <laughs> Got it. We'll do it. <laughs> your floor. Okay, when it's there, I will. <laughs> Thanks, man. <laughs> Bye for now, everybody. Bye-bye. Bye. Thank you. Thanks for joining this episode of the Conic Blueprint, brought to you by Conic, a recruiting company focused on architecture, engineering, and manufacturing in the Midwest. Find out more at conicnetwork.com and follow us on LinkedIn. Also, follow this podcast for the latest episodes. We're excited to hear your thoughts, so please leave us a review and let us know what you think. Thanks, everyone, and we'll see you next time on the Conic Blueprint Podcast. Bye.